0: Hello and welcome to the Entrepreneur Risk Givers podcast, the podcast where we interview entrepreneurs who are willing not only to take risks for themselves and their businesses, but who are also willing to risk helping others. Now sit back and listen to entrepreneurs just like you who are giving back to their communities in big ways. Here's your host, Mike Wiest. This is Mike Wiest, and today on our show, we have Renee Southworth with us. How are you doing, Renee?
1: Good, good, thanks.
0: Really glad you're on today with us. Uh, excited about your business, but really excited about some of the things that you have, that you're passionate about, that you're doing. I know you've done a lot of things around the world, but just so our audience knows who you are, knows a little bit about your business, and your background, why don't you, whatever you'd like to tell us about yourself, give us a little introduction.
1: Okay, well, I am... Um a business entrepreneur and also a social entrepreneur. I, from a very young age, I remember when I was 18 years old, I was like laying in bed and I just felt like I just want to do things to change the world. And I, later that day, I told my mom that I was going to Go to China and go teach English and so that was kind of the beginning of it. From then on it has just been I've just always been looking for projects and I had to get creative because I was a young mom and I had young little kids and I really got creative with how I did things and so our family for a few years we went and lived in Mexico and yeah. That was a really cool experience. I learned a lot. I did a lot of work with orphanages down there. And actually, that kind of set a foundation for all the projects I've done since then.
0: So, your time in Mexico kind of set yeah. that foundation. Yeah. Okay.
1: Yes. That really opened up a lot of doors. I learned a lot of things about service and humanitarian work and working with orphanages and working with communities. And I've just haven't stopped since.
0: You said you, when you had this desire to go and you said, teach, teach English. Is that what you're saying when you were pretty young then?
1: Yes. Yeah. I was 18 when I did that.
0: Okay. All right. Very cool. So this has been just sort of a lifelong passion to, to get out. It sounds like, and to help people in other places and And now you are a business owner as well. You want to tell us sort of what your business is or what you what you do there before we jump into some of these other things?
1: Sure. So my husband and I started a supplement line called Chroma Herbs. And we're located in Ogden, Utah. We ship all over the world. It has actually grown to be fairly popular it's bigger than we had imagined it to be and so we're really really grateful for that yeah and we and that has been a great source for us because we do we donate two dollars from every bottle that we sell on our website we donate it to any project that we are passionate about at that time that we're working on and it's been a really great way for us to help other people
0: yeah, that's so cool, man! I'm It's so neat to see something, an idea, start to flourish that way in a in a business or in a nonprofit. And so, you've had this desire. It sounds like since you were in your teens to go out and to help and do these things. And now your your business as an entrepreneur is helping fund some of your passions and some of these extra projects. And then, I guess, is that helping you also get out and and help in some of the ways that you wanted to early on in your life?
1: Yes. Yes, it, it has been such a great, it has created so many opportunities for us. And that was one thing when we started this business, when we started Chroma Herbs, we, one of the founding principles that we had when we started it was that we wanted to make sure that we did, we wanted to create a income that we could do whatever we wanted to help any projects that we wanted to. So it's been amazing what we've been able to do with that.
0: That's exciting. That's so exciting. And so we talked to on on the podcast here, we talked to people who have their own nonprofits, but we also talked to entrepreneurs who are just looking to help volunteer with other people's nonprofits. But I I love sort of what you're doing, which you are an entrepreneur and you're funding your own sort of experiences in your own not necessarily one nonprofit, but just looking to help in as many ways as possible. Why don't you tell us some of the things, because I know you've done several things. Tell us a few of, of the things that you've done here over the last maybe few years with some of the the profits from your business that we've been talking about.
1: So, like I said, when I had lived down in Mexico, I had, I learned all of these things and I had done a, a whole bunch of projects and I felt like over the years, I've learned that my passion has really come to be helping girls and women because you usually find in in communities where women are disempowered, the whole community is lifted up when women and girls are lifted up. And it's really, really important. So I I started kind of focusing on projects that helped girls and women. And one way I I really had no idea about, because it's something that we take for granted here in the U.S., but I I started seeing that girls needed menstrual pads and they didn't have access to that. And while I was down in Mexico, I had done this project with an orphanage that was all girls. And we had, it was around Christmas time, and we had set up this... Giving tree at this restaurant and this restaurant had a lot of people come down from California And so we were kind of like we wanted people from California to sign up to help these girls at the orphanage and so they did and we had them buy, you know outfits and Any girl over 10 years old we had them, you know, basically give them like a hygiene kit and so when it came time to go deliver these gifts to the girls, we threw this big party and we gave them dinner and we give, you know, we handed out their gifts and it was so interesting because I was with my friend who is Mexican and she helped me translate and we were talking to the girls and we were saying, Oh, you know, what was your favorite thing that you got in these gift packages? And it was really interesting because, you know, they, there were like designer jeans and perfume and, you know, all of these things that you think like most teenage girls would love. Mm -hmm. And my friend Gloria, she said, you know, the thing that they loved the most was the pad. And I was like, pads. I was so confused when she said this and I was like, did did we give them bedding? You know, I I was like so confused of what she was even talking about. She had to explain it. She was like, you know, pads, pads, as in, you know, menstrual pads, and I was like, "What?" They were excited about that, and she said, "Yeah." The first thing when they opened up, she's like, "Did you see them running to their rooms?" And she's like, "It's because they were taking the pads and they were hiding them under their mattress." Wow. So it 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 was really this wake up call to me because I had just had never even thought about that and it let alone thinking teenage girls are gonna be excited about pads. So it really was just a wake-up call. And then later on I had the opportunity to go to Kenya and to actually see women who had been taken off the streets and they had learned how to sew reusable menstrual pads and they actually created businesses out of sewing them and then Selling them to women in their community. When I found out about this, I w- was like, "Wow, this is so amazing!" Because we had started giving these girls pads in Mexico. Once I found out about this, I was like buying as many pads as I could to give to girls. Yeah,
0: that, that's so cool. The journey that we take to find what's really needed is 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 amazing. You know, I, I love that you're sharing this with our audience today because you know the the whole the podcast is all about how can we help others you know how can we risk helping other people that's the whole premise and so a lot of times we think in these huge scale things like you were saying like we're going to do something awesome for these people they don't normally have high quality things we're going to give them designer jeans and and that's where our mind goes a lot of times we want to just give them the best but really sometimes the best is just meeting those those basic needs. And we don't even think about that till we discover it. And so one of the things I think is so cool about what you're sharing with us is that you've got to take one step in the journey to find out where the next step leads. And, and I hear from you, like you wouldn't have anticipated that that's where, is that right? You would not have anticipated that this is where that would have led you.
1: Right. I, this was, this was so, it was so mind blowing at the time. And I, and then, you know, it was funny because my Mexican friend she was like why are you so advised by this you know so it was there was a very cultural difference there you know and it was just it was really interesting
0: and again this is uh, another thing that I think is so cool about this is this this is the reason why I think it's really great to talk to other people for me to talk to you for others to listen to what you're saying today as well as all these other episodes that we're having because because there's a difference in perspective. Like if you would have asked me what was important, I would have never, probably never come up with giving pads away. You know, like I would have never come up with that. But, and this is why talking with each other and really going on this journey of discovery is so crucial to actually making a difference and making an impact. So you've, you did this in Mexico first. And then I what I heard you say is you took this to sort of, you saw the next level of it in uh w- where were you now
1: in kenya okay so i went over there with an organization called 100 humanitarians and i met this woman who she works with an organization called days for girls and they sew these whole kits where they put together where it has pads but it also comes in a little bag so that the girls can wear it to school and They have a place to put the soiled pads, and um, it's, it's a really amazing program. And so it was really neat to see this woman, Christine, she had been, she had actually been a prostitute, and someone had found her, and they had trained her and taught her about how to sew these pads, how to have her own business. And so now she employs I think she has over 12 employees wow. that are other women who have come off the streets who now they are able to support their families from sewing these pads and selling it to girls and women in the community. So it's a it's it's a really amazing thing and so when I saw this I was able to then say, hey, so we've since taken kits down to Mexico. We've worked with orphanages. There's a center in Mexico that works with girls that are, have been human trafficked. And so they're actually in hiding. And so we've been able to work with them and give them the kits. And now my, then I've also taken it to India. And that's kind of what I'm working on at the moment is in India. <laughs>
0: Okay. Well, let's talk about that in a second. I do want to just sort of comment that another episode of the podcast, we talked to someone who is coaching these girls in this center in Mexico that are coming out of uh, human trafficking as well. And I don't know if it's the same center. There's, I'm sure there's more than one, but it's kind of neat to see pieces come together too, because people need a lot of help, a lot of different kinds of help. As you start to volunteer and you're doing things like giving away health products or you're giving away food or coaching, you see people need more than that. You know, People need shelter as well, and they need all these different things. And so, I think as we begin to talk to more people, we see all the pieces coming together. And already we're seeing people that are helping people transform their minds who are coming out of things like human trafficking. We're seeing basic health needs like you're providing. And so I think that's pretty cool as we see all the different ways that we can volunteer helping the whole person and not just sort of a piece of that. And so are a piece of them. Um, so I think that's really exciting to me to hear that. But yeah, talk to us about what you're doing, how you're involved now in this. You started to do that, but talk to us about how you're involved, involving yourself in this.
1: Okay. So now, so we had been really successful. I have been to different centers in Kenya and Mexico and worked with a lot of people. And it's really cool how, you know, you meet certain people and pathways open up. And so it just happened to work out with there's an ashram in rishikesh india and i had met a woman who was going to be a nun there and so it was a, it was a really cool connection and in india so this is a major major problem because once a girl starts menstruating in india 23 percent of those girls will drop out of school right then Okay. So, and that's, I mean, if you consider 23%, like right in the beginning, but then how over time more and more just drop out. So this is, it's one of the biggest factors of why women are not educated around the world.
0: That's amazing. I wonder how many people are aware of that. I mean, I wonder how many people are listening and hearing that statistic for the first time. It's That's pretty mind blowing.
1: It it really is. And we really had no idea about this. in. Until recently, and it's interesting because people were donating and, you know, paying school fees for girls to go to school in places throughout India and throughout Africa, and they weren't going, and they didn't realize why. The reason, it's not because their fees are paid, it's you can't go to school if you don't have a way to take care of your menstruation. So it's a huge, huge factor, and many you know this is why many many girls drop out of school all over the world and so in india it it just worked out that we were able to i met this woman and we were able to work with like the leaders of this ashram that they they do a lot for the community and so my husband and i went over there in august and we were able to meet with a woman who has started schools that are specifically for girls in that community so the girls in the morning they work on their academics and then in the afternoon they work on trade so they learn they learn how to sew they learn how to do henna they learn how to dance they also learn self-defense and so we thought this would be a perfect place to because these girls already knew how to sew But they were using, you know, the old hand sewing machines. And so we were able to buy them some really good electric sewing machines and sergers. Now they're able to sew these pads, but we're still working on, we're still working on, you know, teaching them how to sew the pads and then also being able to sell it in their community so that they can actually make some money off of it and also be able to pay for the supplies to do it.
0: Yeah. So you as an entrepreneur are helping other females in India become entrepreneurs and uh, make a living that way, as well as helping people find a better education. So that's that's a lot. <laughs> yeah, pretty cool. yeah, pretty exciting. So, has there been anything as you've done this? You know, again, you say there's one step at a time on this journey. You know, your first step led to this knowledge that has led you and guided you the rest of the, the rest of this way. Have there been any unexpected obstacles that you've uh, run into as you've done this? Have you had any kind of obstacles that maybe you wouldn't expect? Or
1: yes, definitely. I- a huge thing a, a huge thing when you're talking about menstruation and and you know it involves sexuality and a lot of these girls don't understand also that their periods are connected to sexuality in any way so when we give them the kits or give them the pads we also give them a, like a very small sex sex education and that has been a real challenge because you have to be so careful about uh, just what you say and what you're teaching and, but even girls need to even just understand very, very basic things that their, the, their menstruation cycle is connected to childbirth. We, we take that knowledge for granted, but many people around the world don't have that knowledge. So it's been interesting because that's a challenge to work with. And we have to be very, very careful about, you know, what we say and even how it's taken in the community. And it was really interesting when we were in India, I, I met this woman, we had to go to this hotel because we needed to get on internet for my husband's work. And we were speaking with the manager of the hotel, which was a woman and she was very educated. She was telling us about where she had gone to school. She was telling us about her family. She had come from a wealthier family. And, you know, she was telling us about her life. And then as soon as we, you know, she's, then she asks me, oh, you know, what are you doing here? So I start telling her about this sewing center and these paths that had we're teaching the girls how to sew, and it was so interesting to see this wall go up. and And it was it was kind of disheartening because I I was like, hey, I, I thought we were like best friends, you know? We were we, bonding
0: here. What? Yeah, what happened?
1: <laughs> yeah. And as soon as I started talking about menstruation, it was like end of the conversation, and she got really cold and uncomfortable and. Her body language changed, everything changed. And I was just so shocked because I thought even this woman from just told me how educated she was and she had come from this wealthy family and, and even, you know, to her, this was really uncomfortable to talk about. And so it's, it's a challenge because it is, it's been very, very taboo a lot of times and you you can't get things done if you can't talk about it, you know? Boy.
0: Yeah, that, wow, that's such a good point. And I, that's exactly what I was thinking is the importance of of being able to push past, like you say, taboos and stuff, you know, to, to get the information that we need, that other people need, to be able to see how to actually help people. You have to talk about things that might be uncomfortable. And so I think what you're doing and being willing to talk about it, all that and also to take action by by not only creating these products, but by helping other people create them as a business is really tremendous. And, and I'm sure doing a lot of good. Is Are there any, is there any, and maybe just sort of as a last question, I don't know if there's any like touching story, any uh, sort of heartwarming story, anything that's been encouraging to you as you've gone through this journey. Now I've heard from you already, like I can tell you've been moved as you saw what happened in Mexico and other places. You've been moved by those, but is there any story you'd like to share with us? Maybe just a Let us know something encouraging that you've experienced going on this journey.
1: Yeah, I would, well, I would, there is a story I would like to share and that is so when I was in Kenya, kind of starting this whole journey with these pads, you know, we went to a school and we were giving these kits to these girls. And there was a part where I had told the girls that if they take care of these pads the right way it can last up to four years and the girls started clapping and cheering and it was really interesting to me you know another mind-blowing thing of things that I take for granted but for them to they were so grateful and for four years they wouldn't have to worry about this one issue, it was just one less thing, which is a pretty big thing in their world. And it was it was just so touching to see that. And to then afterwards, they all came and gave me a big hug and thanked me. And it was a real genuine... They were genuinely thankful for that opportunity. And they knew what they were being given. And they did not take that lightly. It was really amazing. And I just... I just think I've had these really amazing experiences. And part of it is you just have to, you see something that you care about and you're passionate about and you do it. And I had so many challenges. I, I don't work for any of these organizations. I just go out and do it. And I've been really grateful that I've had that opportunity, but I had to get creative of how I made money in order to get to those places. And so I I would just say, if, if you have something you're passionate about and you really care about it, get creative and do what you have to do. And at first I was a stay at home mom. I had no income. And I started getting people to pay me to take them to Mexico. And that's how I was able to start doing these projects. And then it just kept growing and growing from there. But at first, i had no money (laughs) and i was still able to do what i wanted to do got creative with it
0: i think uh some people have asked me as i started this podcast a while back people ask me why is it entrepreneurs well it's like anybody can listen to this podcast but the reason and it's not like i'm only talking to entrepreneurs but the reason i'm i've sort of spotlighted entrepreneurs is for the very thing that you're talking about it's we're talking to problem solvers. You know, If you're an entrepreneur, you're a problem solver, you're somebody who is thinking, willing to think outside the box, willing to talk about and think about things that other people might not be willing to talk about and think about. And so I love that, what, what you're saying. I tried to write it down without making a lot of noise. I don't know if I got it all, but if you have a passion, you just need to get creative and, and do that, right? Just go for that. And I, I love that sentiment and I hope everybody that's listening hears that. It's not about this one thing. Right. It's not because for you, when you started the journey, it was it wasn't about the one thing for you. It wasn't about working in India in this, you know, trying to help people in this health healthcare sort of way. It wasn't even about that. It was about just trying to make a difference with people, give people in need something that they needed. But as you went on that journey, you found out what they really needed and that directed your steps. And so as people have a passion and they take those steps, it will lead them. Uh, to bigger and better things, what I want to hear you saying i 'm going to tell you, and be honest, I would not have anticipated that I would have gotten teary over this subject <laughs> <I> did <laughs> You made my eyes water a little bit as we 're talking about pads, so that's pretty yes. amazing <laughs>
1: oh, I to hear that
0: <laughs> yeah, no, it's such good information. I hope everybody's listening and making note in their minds about the importance of this and what 's keeping young women away from education and uh, also being a, a way to help people support themselves and sustain themselves. It's a lot of amazing things that you're talking about. And you're talking about four years. These things can be used for four years. And uh, that's high school. I mean, that's college. That's amazing. And and I, it makes sense why they clap. That's that's a huge deal. Thank you so much for being on today and uh, sharing that with us. Again, I think it's going to make an impact on some people that are listening. And I, I appreciate you taking your time to uh, share those things with us.
1: Yes. Well, thank you. I've loved being here.
0: So thanks. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes or wherever you find your podcasts and join the conversation on social media at Risky Givers. Also check out our website, RiskyGivers.com. This has been the Entrepreneur Risk Givers Podcast with your host, Mike Wiest. Hope to see you next time.